What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. My name is Adam. I am your host on today's episode of the Hobby News Daily Morning Minute. Uh, oh, and also today is Monday, September 11th. So, I mean, kind of some big news for us here on the podcast. Obviously, we want to give a big shout-out to Mike Jokum, who was one of my original co-hosts on this show. But Friday's show uh, was the 150th episode. Now, we've done the... Um, we've done the recap, so I, you know, technically you could say maybe it's like 130, 140 ish new episodes, I guess, if you are wanting, wanting to be technical about it, but it was our 150th episode. This is 151. Uh, so, you know, we've been talking about on Twitter. If you follow us on Twitter, you should at hobby news daily, and we would like people to go to wherever you're listening to this podcast whether it's on Spotify, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, which I think it used to be called iTunes, now it's just Apple Podcasts, and leave us a review. Uh, five stars, I mean, I would hope that seems fairly obvious that you, you know, if I'm, you know, leave a five-star review, we would really appreciate it. Um, that's all I've got for, you know, just a little little, little bit at the beginning of the episode, kind of trying to uh, wrap, them, wrap some things up, bring some things in together. But the big news... Oh, I, I know, big news. I always say big news, but either way. So football, NFL, it's back officially. Uh, first Sunday of the NFL season, my pa- my Patriots lost the Eagles, kind of a little bit of a heartbreak. I had the Eagles under 30 points, and then I had the Patriots plus three and a half, and the Patriots only they lost by five, so I lost bet, whatever. Uh, but with the start of the NFL season, this means we are going into another season, which means this last offseason is officially over, obviously with the start of the season. And PSA tweeted out uh, an interesting graphic on Twitter or X. I, I don't know if you call it X'd out or they tweeted out. I'm going to say Twitter and I'm going to use say Twitter, but whatever. So they said quarterbacks dominated PSA grading this offseason. Uh, here were the top 10, which I'm just going to go through the top five. The Basically, the top, here were the top five players who had cards that were submitted for the NFL. Uh, and I would have to, you know, I would have to guess even the top 10 are all quarterbacks if, you know, realistically. Uh, but top five were all quarterbacks. So number one, or actually I'm going to go in reverse order because, you know, uh, bring, up, bring, bring together some suspense. Number five. Justin Fields, not super surprising, looked pretty good last year, uh, you know, had probably the best worst season of all time, if I had to say, like, if you're a Bears fan, you gotta be thrilled, like, you, you, sure, they won a couple games, but then they got the first pick again, and all of this stuff kind of came together, which was very interesting, uh, and then you got Patrick Mahomes, number th- four, number three, Tom Brady, number two, Joe Burrow, and then number one, Trevor Lawrence. Now, I do. I I I think I find two things very interesting about this list. So I find that Brady and Mahomes still having, still having so many cards being graded is very interesting to me. But I also find it interesting that like the you know the 2020 2021 quarterbacks still have so many cards that are getting graded as well. Like I think more or less, like if you're looking at those two, like the new quarterbacks versus the old quarterbacks, I'm considering Mahomes an old quarterback, I guess, but the Brady Mahomes versus the Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, the 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 younger the younger players on the list realistically they probably are high on this list because they have so many cards that people are sending in to get graded like there are just so many of those cards that are produced where this is why I'm sort of surprised like I said with Brady and Mahomes that they're so high that there are they don't they I mean Brady 
well, and I guess maybe Brady people are sending in more modern cards for Brady potentially. Like maybe people are trying to find um, different cards that they're sending in. Like I know there was like a 2018 uh, silver, I guess that uh, was like a, one of the only Brady cards where he's wearing a where he's a picture from the Super Bowl. And then maybe there's like the first uh, Bucks card, all these kind of things. I, I'm not sure what cards people are sending in a Brady. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining they have to be more modern stuff because like he just doesn't have that many rookie cards. Like he was included in products because, you know, he's a rookie and that's just how it works. But at the same time, like he wasn't in like a ton of products. Like Mahomes, for example, was in way more products than Brady, not compared to Fields, Burrow, or Lawrence. Um, but still, there there aren't that many cards of Mahomes. Like, he was kind of almost... I don't know if he was the same as Tom Brady, whereas, like, people didn't expect him to be this all-worldly superstar. Like, people expected me, him to be good. I, I, I would be very surprised if people expected him to be as good as he has been throughout this early point in his career. I also want to think... I also want to take a just a quick second and remind people with Brady... Um, if Mahomes, well, with Mahomes, for example, he has won a bunch of championships early on in his career right now. Brady had a 10-year drought where he didn't win any championships. He won a couple in his first few years, and then he won a couple like 10 years later. So if Mahomes goes through that, I really, you know, and, and the whole time everyone's like, oh, Brady stinks now, he stinks now, he stinks now. And, and I'm just reminding people that that's what people said about Brady with Mahomes. Now, I don't know if Mahomes is going to be Brady, I guess, but at the same time, it's like he's he, he's the closest, I think, of our generation we're going to see to Brady. And I don't know, you know, Burrow obviously didn't have the best game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had an all right game. Fields with the Bears really didn't play that well, so... You know, like I said, I think it's interesting to see that a lot of these new players are the ones that are that are kind of topping this list. And actually, you know what? Let me let me um, I'm actually just gonna pull up the tweet again because I'm so I'm gonna go back to the list and just go through the top ten. I might as might as well to be honest. So number ten, Jordan Love. Number nine, Brock Purdy. Eight, Justin Herbert. Seven, Jordan or Jalen Hurts. And then number six was Kenny Pickett. Now. Aaron Rodgers isn't on this list. Russell Wilson isn't on this list. Um, I would they would be two players that I would I would imagine people still send a lot of cards of. But like I said, I think that these other names are it's a lot of speculation, which is always the case with young players. But like I like I've always said here with uh, oh, and I'm actually watching the Giants Cowboys game, and then Giants just threw a pick six. And now it's that's unfortunate. This is kind of what happened in the Patriots game. Actually, the Patriots went down. But sorry, I'm 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 getting off track here. I do think that basically all the players on this list are on this list because there are first of all so many cards, and because people are still speculating. Which you know, my advice is to not do that. I mean, there are, if you like football, I think there are opportunities where you're not taking as high of a risk. You're not taking as high of a risk, and you don't have to pay as much money to, you know, see sort of, you know, and with the with the low risk, you're obviously going to have low reward with, with, but I think at the, the high risk that you're taking by buying some of these younger quarterbacks, it's really not even worth, in some cases, 
the risk because of the opportunity for there to just be a bust, like for there to be, you know, the Baker Mayfields, the, um, you know, Johnny Menzels of the world, like all these players, you know, I guess you could put maybe Zach Wilson on that list. Uh, Trey Lance maybe could be on that list as well. Like all of these players at one point had cards. Uh, Sam Bradford is maybe another example. Um, these players that everyone wanted their cards of, now they're bust and no one wants any of their cards, but it's like people put money into those players thinking that they could be the next, I don't know, next Brady, next Mahomes, like next the next guy that's up. But at the same, but like I said, it probably just wasn't worth the risk when you were, if you were putting money into any of those players. Today is Tuesday, August 12th, and this topic isn't necessarily a news topic per se. Uh, because we, you know, we know that Panini has done the Panini instant cards for the NIL stuff. Uh, we saw that tops kind of came out. I, I don't know if I necessarily predicted that they were going to do this. There was an episode at the beginning of the college football season where I said that I thought tops should do this. And then they did. And I, like I said, I, I don't think that was a prediction whatsoever. I mean, they obviously had planned on doing it. I think it was just something that I was seeing and I was like, oh, cool. So my kind of thoughts on the topic in general oh and actually before this i mean obviously if you watched the game last night in the nfl game aaron Rodgers gets hurt uh which is just the most it's it's the most jets thing that i think has ever happened to the jets like the jets just seem i feel like the jets at this point is like almost like of it it, 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 it has different meanings like to jet it's a verb you know, if you're jetting or whatever, maybe it's an adjective or it's a noun or ah, it's like, it's insane. It's insane. But like I said, that's not, that's not what we're going to talk about today. Unfortunately, you can't avoid injuries. And that's also one of the, one of the issues, I guess, if you're buying cards of players that are in the league right now, especially Aaron Rodgers, you know, there's a chance that they could get injured. And I, I don't know. It's obviously unfortunate. We're wishing him the best, but, uh, my thoughts on the Panini and tops, uh, instant cards, uh, tops now cards. I would like to see a almost. I, I don't know if they would be able to do this or if they would do this, but I would almost like to see a like a battle <laughs> between the two companies one week. Like if for whatever reason somebody goes up, somebody has some crazy game, and both both companies make the card. Like it would be very interesting to see which card has the has the highest numbers if i had to guess it probably i guess it probably would be tops i'm not 100 percent sure one way or the other uh but one other thing i did see just kind of as i'm continuing over this the college topic is bowman chrome is supposed to be coming out in october and they gave us some images and marvin harrison jr who has just been absolutely electric this season in college football i mean he's been I wouldn't, he's going to be a, he's probably going to be a Heisman favorite by the end of the year. I mean, just an insane wide receiver. Wouldn't be surprised if he's like a top five or a top 10 pick in this upcoming draft either. He's going to be getting his first Bowman Chrome card in that Bowman Chrome. We are seeing a shift in the landscape of sports cards. And, and I, maybe this is my opinion. Maybe it's the truth because we're seeing more college cards. We're seeing more college cards come out that actually have a good purpose. Like with NIL, that was one of the best things that could have happened for college cards is is are these deals you know we we are seeing 
we're seeing people sign exclusives way earlier on in their careers. Uh, but it's also allowing companies to come out with college cards when the players are still in college. And I think that is going to make such a significant difference down the road. Like, the... The, the, the issue that I think existed with college cards for the existence of them up until this point were that the players weren't in college anymore. They were already – because Panini had been coming out with these college cards too. This was maybe I, – I don't know if there's really a way to avoid this. I guess maybe if Panini could have figured out a different way to go about the contract potentially, like that's really the only thing I can think of that Panini could have done is – figured out a way to come out with these college cards while the players are still in college. If I had to guess, it is the name image likeness thing that had to, because it was the same thing with like the, uh, with like the NCAA game, why that couldn't come out because they couldn't use the likenesses of the players while they were in college. But at the same time, I don't know if, if there's like a different license that they could have done or something along those lines. I just, I, I do wish that Panini had figured out a way to make college cards more important. And I think tops has really, they, came in and there wasn't necessarily a void for college cards. I almost think that there was there wasn't a void because people didn't know what the potential of these college cards were because Panini had just done such a poor job at releasing them. So it was like literally for years people didn't care about college cards at all because the college players that they were coming out with their college uniforms were already in the pros. Like they were they had been drafted, they were on pro teams. So it's not like they were even on those teams anymore. So I think that that's one of the biggest differences Tops has come in and they've really just changed the whole landscape of the college cards. So throughout this year it's going to be very interesting to see what Tops does with their Tops now. I think it's or um, Bowman Next or Bowman U. I forget exactly what the name of their program is that they do. And then the Panini Instant that they do with some of their, their college cards for Panini. Um, you know, I, I guess I, I'll, I'll be interested to see if, you know, with NIL, like maybe another company like Leaf maybe could come in and potentially try and um, – take some of the market share while they still can or if you know maybe upper deck comes in and does something like it would be interesting to see another another company come in and try and take some of that market share down the road and see sort of if they can continue to create competition um and i think that's one of the issues that i think people are seeing with fanatics taking over everything is that we're eliminating really a lot of the competition within sports and like for example like call of duty or madden or fifa or, or, or any of these games like any any games uh like video games there's just no competition because they have exclusive licenses so it's like they come out with the same game every single year and it's just not you like it's not very good. Like it's just in some scenarios. Like I think I think people overreact a little bit. If I'm going to be completely honest, like with Call of Duty, with with Madden, like I do think that there are issues that these games need to fix. I think with Call of Duty, it's always also, and this is maybe it's a little retrospective. It's, it's off topic a little bit, but I think the games are fine. They're just not good, and that's the issue with I think what people have with them. So if the, if sports cards start to go down this route, I think that there could be an issue. Uh, unfortunately, because just like people want the products to be good. Um, and I think the other issue maybe is that good, I'm putting good in quotations, means different things to different people. So it will be, I guess we'll see what happens down the road with like how Fanatics looks at this and what they deem as like a good product. Like 
is it like a lot of parallels? Is it a lot of autographs? Is it a lot of base cards? Like there's just so many different so many different ways to make a product good in quotations that it's going to uh we're going to see exactly what happens with these companies and how they decide to do it. And like if if Tops and Panini can really kind of step up their game with these college products because I do think that there's a market for them and I do think it's actually a market that will help the industry grow because it's there are tons of fan bases in college that are underrepresented when it comes to sports cards because either they're smaller schools or they just they have players that are good in college but then they maybe don't go on to be good in the pros and even if they are some of like even Alabama or Duke any of these colleges they have really good players that are and people are diehard fans of these players but when they go to college they don't want to own the card of the player in the pros they want to own that card of their team that they root for because the fan base of college sports is just as large, if not larger, than the total fan base of, uh, you know, professional sports. We saw this news uh, maybe six months ago, maybe even sooner. I, I don't remember exactly when, but we did see this news come out that WWE and the UFC were going to merge. And I think that this is, I think this is kind of a big deal for sports cards. Like, I think we're definitely going to be seeing now because we didn't exactly have the full information about what the merger was actually going to mean. Uh, like, I, they had been, apparently they had merged under a certain group. Uh, I forget the name of the the, the, the company, but now they're they're going to be, different companies, but they're going to be under uh, TKO is the name of what I saw because they actually were on Wall Street and ringing the bell. So this is, I don't know, it's, it's probably just a money thing, realistically, like here, you know, because both companies, um, you know, they have owners, if I'm going to be honest, that are kind of, uh, eh, I don't know, skeptical a little bit, you you can say what you say what you will about Vince McMahon, say what you will about uh, Dana White, whatever, that's not really the point of this. But they're merging under, uh, they're going to be different companies still, I can't imagine they're going to be calling themselves the same thing like there's no way they would be able to do that with the branding so there'll still be wwe there will still be uh ufc but i think when it comes to sports cards i think we're definitely going to see combined products now uh one thing that i think ufc and wwe could do also is to get more of the celebrities into the product like back uh, like i said probably when this when this news announced that was one of my biggest takeaways was that i figured that they're probably going to be getting more celebrities uh into these products which granted this could also mean athletes like i think we could see like a goodwin style the Goodwin Champion style Upper Deck product with that's WWE UFC branded uh, because Ta- or, uh, Panini is losing. Uh, they're losing the basketball license. They're losing the NFL license. And, you know, these are going to be their two biggest licenses right now. WWE, they brought that over from Tops recently. I think it was probably like two, probably like two or three years ago at this point. But it used to be under top. So, like, if you're looking for, like, a Conor McGregor or, like, a Shane O'Malley rookie card, 
Uh, Shane O'Malley. Yeah, Sugar Shane. I think that's his name. Uh, I forget if that's if if what, but whatever. Those, those are going to be tops cards actually. But if you're looking for like um, like a Patty Pimblet or like a you know there was a Meatball Molly. I think those are two. Granted, I don't necessarily follow the UFC as closely as I follow other sports, so I don't necessarily know some of who the big rookies are. Like I know that the the Meatball Molly and uh, Patty Pimblet. I just know them because also I know Barstool and I follow them pretty closely. So like I know that they're Barstool athletes. Now they haven't. I don't think they've done as well as they did in their first couple fights. I think they're starting to fight kind of more uh, established fighters, and they're maybe not having as good of a time as they did when they were kind of fighting uh, maybe some easier opponents. But either way, like, uh, if you're looking for newer, like, you know, from 2021 on, rookies, I guess, because also with combat sports, it can get very dicey when you consider what is the rookie and what's not the rookie. Like, what's the first card for some players? Like Like I said, it can get kind of... Um, murky when it comes to like when their debut is and what their rookie card is. Uh, and you know, Panini and Tops do not shy away from kind of blurring the lines a little bit in terms of like when they're going to give a person a rookie card or when they're going to give a player or, or in this case, a fighter a rookie card. And WWE is kind of similar. I, I don't know if we've seen necessarily what the uh, like w- where the line is when it comes to like when the WWE. Uh, athlete makes a debut, I guess, in the WWE versus like when they get like a first rookie card. Because like also you look at people like, um, and this is maybe going towards AEW, but you look at a, a person like Kenny Omega or you look at a person like uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, like they were huge in Japan before coming over to the United States. So like if you can find any Japanese cards of those people, you're probably going to find a better card than like an AEW or like a WWE card for either of those two. Like granted, the market is the market. So like whatever the market is saying is realistically like where you're going to find it. I've always said that, like, the market kind of knows best at mo- knows best at some most of the time. There are going to be some times where you'll probably you as someone who follows the sport maybe know more than the market because it's definitely not like I think wrestling in general has become a market that has become much more mature over the past few years. But at the same time, I still think that there's a lot of room for growth when it comes to like which cards or which people are like or which wrestlers are like the top guys obviously you know you have the card you have that uh i think there's like a all-stars wrestling set from the 70s that has like the hulk hogan and like rick flair rookie cards in there those are obviously going to be much more valuable than some stuff that's coming out today but i just think from this news i think that those are my two biggest takeaways from this news basically is that we're definitely going to see combined WWE and UFC products. We may not, uh, just from a money perspective, Panini probably is not going to do like a, they probably will keep Prism separate. They may, they may even do, honestly, it, it might be kind of crazy. They may even do, uh, they may even do UFC, WWE, and a combined Prism. I kind of wouldn't be surprised if they do something like that. But at least for now, you know, over the next few years, I expect that we're going to see a little bit of change from these from these entities, from these uh, licenses, because of the because of the merger, and just from the sole fact that Panini owns both or, or Panini owns the licensing for WWE and UFC. Now, some may argue that this type of sports card buying never really existed. 
um, and it's essentially the long-term investing aspect of sports cards, and I think even some in some cases, the little bit of short-term investing in sports cards. I think the investing nature of cards, I think it's just really hard at this point to look at any card specifically and say whether it's going to go up in value or not. I mean, it really... It really almost seems random at times. Like, sure, we are seeing the growth and changes from stuff that's happening off the field, on the field, off the field. But I think we have seen such a dramatic decrease in card prices that if you are buying and selling, you really should be trying to almost buy and sell within like a shorter time period than maybe you had been in the past like and i mean even honestly like the uh, investing i guess is always kind of it's it's almost like a a taboo word that people have used within sports cards and i know you know people have kind of made their accounts around investing uh with sports cards and i don't necessarily know if you know i think I've, we've seen a lot of pivoting of people within content i mean me for sure i've done pivoting throughout kind of the different things within the industry i mean i have tried to over the past year or so focus more on like news rather than uh being like here are my top cards to invest in i, I don't know if i necessarily really ever did that there's probably a few videos or a few podcasts here and there of times that i did do that when you know cards were were super hot and they were kind of flying off the shelves, uh, quote unquote. But I think, you know, the the money that I think came into cards, I do think now in retrospect had a lot to do with people just having a lot of extra time. So and then and then also getting some of the money from stimulus or you know whatever was going on during the pandemic. I do think that those were significant factors. And now that we're, we are, you know, hopefully we're way past kind of the, you know, COVID stuff that, that was happening. Um, but people just aren't spending time doing other things, which I guess is like, in retrospect, it should have been like an, uh, like a, a duh moment. Like, obviously we should have known that. Um, but, you know, the, the, and I think even if you're looking at cards of, like, uh, sorry, the, 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 basically the point is like cards of players that are playing in the league really should be buying and selling almost within a couple weeks to a month because of how like how volatile things can happen. I mean, not necessarily that anyone was investing in Kevin Porter Jr., but it's like he was a pretty hot rookie that was kind of playing for a team that potentially had a little bit of, you know, had a little bit going for them. And, and then you also look at a player like Aaron Rodgers who, you know, was by most accounts, like if you go back a couple years ago, he was one of those like no-brainer buys, but like his cards have gone down significantly. And then since he's still playing, he gets hurt. So I guess maybe if you're a collector of Aaron Rodgers, or maybe if you're, I don't know, maybe you could take a risk with Rodgers and say, well, maybe you will buy when his cards are lower, and then hopefully when he comes back, I mean, he's going to be out for the whole entire year with the, with the Achilles injury. But like maybe people will forget a little bit about him. And I just think that the volume of how many cards are being sold and bought, that, that also is a significant portion, I think, of the market and why we've seen such a dramatic shift in, in 
everything that's gone on. I mean, you know, look at you look at everybody. Tom Brady. You look at Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Aaron Rodgers again, example. You know, Peyton Manning, uh, Eli Manning. Not as people. I don't think people were as excited. But you look at like a lot, a lot of those top quarterbacks who are in the league and who are retired, and you, we've seen a huge fluctuation and. You know, uh, you know, we've also seen t- companies come in and out of the hobby as well. You know, we saw like a star stock. We saw, um, you know, collectible. I think is still they're still kind of around, but you know, they sold for a significantly less amount than like the uh, they raised a lot of money a couple years ago, and they sold for a pretty for a pretty significantly less amount. So I, I just think that you know the amount of cards that are going like you but at the same time you could also go to like golden you could see how many of those cards are selling you could go to card ladder and see that you know there's still tons of cards selling but i just don't think we're going to see the dramatic increases and decreases like we have uh maybe more decreases and actually maybe let me reword that i don't think we're going to see the dramatic increases we may still see some dramatic decreases unfortunately but that's just because i think you know as what's going on now is people are people who maybe bought in the past couple years are looking at sort of bottom like where is where are these cards going to level out um and I forget exactly the term in finance, but I know there's like a term that's used, uh, like when things are going up, everyone's really excited about it, and when things are going down, everybody is uh, equally as uh, pessimistic and skeptical about what's going on. And I think obviously we're in that scenario now where things are sort of going down, and people are pessimistic, they're skeptical about the cards, and you know, I just think that if you are looking to I, I, I use invest in uh, quote air quotes because it's not really investing if you're buying and flipping pretty quickly. I just think that you know the long term ten years. Like if you're looking to hold for ten years, you're going to see these fluctuations. But if you were looking to hold and sell in the four to five, maybe six year range, I just think you have to probably decrease that number and look to potentially sell more in like the six months to a year range. To be completely honest. We have three cards we're going to be talking about on today's show. It's kind of two different sets, I guess. If you, uh, It's two different sets. It's, it's three cards from two different sets. The first one is going to be the one-of-one one non-autograph Prism Hasbula. I think it was graded a PSA 8, sold through Golden, I believe, for $18,000, which in, in this time right now, the fact that people are – the people that – the fact that people are spending $18,000 on a sports card is pretty wild. A Hasbula card also makes it doubly as wild. But these are the types of cards that I think we're going to see more of coming out of WWE and UFC products is just like celebrities in the crowd. Now, Hasbula, I believe, you know, his story is kind of weird. It's kind of like a social media thing where it's like, What's real, what's not real. But he apparently he's signed to the UFC, so technically it's not like a secondary license that they had to get for his card or for his likeness to use on a card. Now, he did also have a uh, Panini Instant card that came out before the Prism card. So, you know, I guess if we're looking at timeline-wise, it's not technically his first card. It's the first card coming out of PAX, I believe. But that Panini Instant card is going to be his first card. Now, the other set of cards, like I said, I guess I 
I, I, I know I have these episodes where I talk about, you know, future, I talk about prospects and I, I say you shouldn't be buying these prospects cards. You sh- don't buy the prospects cards. But then I see the prospects cards and I don't know if it's like a whole, I, I, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a sports thing in general where we always want to look at what like is the next big thing. What's the shiny new player that's coming out? And we look at, and that could be translated into sports cards where we're looking at the next big product. We're looking at the next big card that's going to come out. And I definitely follow maybe it's rose colored glasses. I think is what I, is what they're called when you, when you with prospects for me, at least where as much as I say, don't buy these new cards, don't buy the prospects. I, I don't know. I just, I just can't, I love prospects. I just love looking at prospects. I love looking at like new cards that are coming out. So this Bowman Chrome, football set is going to have and I, I know i know what you're saying prospects college cards it's all crazy it is all crazy and i agree but it's just i can't whenever they announce these things it's important to as a news person it's important to kind of follow these types of cards that are coming out and you know report on them so i'm reporting on them right as as we speak in this podcast you may have seen it on twitter you may have seen it on x or whatever you're going to call it now but this upcoming Bowman Chrome U football product is going to have Marvin Harrison Jr. It's going to have Shador Sanders, who is Deion Sanders' son, who is the quarterback at Colorado. It's also going to have the Travis Hunter, and all three of those players are getting their first Bowman cards. Now, like I've said, I, I in all these podcasts, I'm like, don't buy the prospects, don't buy the prospects. But then when new prospects come out, I just get so excited. These cards, like Travis Hunter, granted, maybe again, rose colored glasses here. I love Colorado. Um, so I think, like, maybe, maybe I'm not the best opinion to take when you are talking about players who could go on to the pros. But I don't know. I just, I, Deion Sanders is kind of, he, I love that. I love him as a coach. I love Shador Sanders as a quarterback. Heisman, maybe that's kind of, that'd be kind of crazy if he would, he were to win the Heisman. Travis Hunter is like basically following in Deion Sanders' footsteps. And I wonder what ultimately the goal for Deion Sanders is, like realistically, because like Shador is probably going to go to the NFL. Travis Hunter probably going to go to the NFL. If you didn't know about Travis Hunter, he is the he was the number one. I think he was the number one recruit from not this. He's not a freshman this year. He was a freshman last year. So that would mean he was the number one recruit for 2021, So he was the number one recruit for 2021, I believe. And he had committed to Florida State. And then Dion got him to switch. He got him to switch his commitment to Jackson State when Dion was the coach for Jackson State. Not even Colorado at this point. He brought a bunch of players. So this is like, I don't know. It's the storylines. It's everything about these players. that That's what gets me excited for these cards. And granted, I guess I maybe... Maybe it's like I look at the cards and I see storylines, and that's what gets me excited. Because, for example, uh, regular Bowman Chrome baseball is also coming out, but I don't, I haven't been following that as closely as I have been following like the cards that are coming out for this year's Bowman Chrome football. Um, now, yeah, I think you know. Obviously, I've been following like the they did the retro uh, retro refractors. I think for some of like it was Johnny Bench. Uh, Babe Ruth, and then Roberto Clemente got their first Bowman cards, which if you read, I, I actually put a blog uh, over the weekend of like what the, because Babe Ruth was in a different 
Bowman set. So technically, it's not his first card. I I, I don't know. Yeah, like I said, it's it it very it, it's very arbitrary what first card, first Bowman, all of these things. But like I said, uh, Bowman Chrome Football, I think, is going to be very interesting when you see these Shador Sanders, the Travis Hunter, and the Marvin Harrison Jr. cards. And I know in other podcasts, I'm like, don't don't go into prospects. Don't look into them. But these are some prospects that I have been looking into. And I guess they're not like super secret prospects or whatever. But it gets me excited for this new Bowman Chrome product that's coming out. I believe it's set for October. 